to today's episode of the Walking With You podcast. I'm Dina Adams, your host, and I have my amazing guest, Krista Greenland, out of Canada, joining us today. In this episode, we are having a conversation around mental health issues such as eating disorders, depression, and anxiety. So please be aware that any of the conversation we are having is not medical or mental health advice or professional advice. It is our story. It is our experiences that we are sharing and talking about. Make sure that if you do want any information around support, um, eating disorders, knowing more information around that, as Krista shares her story, those links will be below. You, it's very important to make sure that there are resources available when a conversation like this happens. Know that you matter. We appreciate you. And whether you are able to listen or not, know that your voice is important, your story is important, and needs to be heard. If you have any questions, again, find the links below for the national organizations in Canada and the U.S., I only have the ones for those countries. So if you're in another country, reach out to someone in your country to a mental health office to get those resources and make sure that as a whole, we are educating ourselves and being able to support each other. Thank you. I just want to say first, thank you for being here. I appreciate you giving of your time and your heart and willingness to share your story with our audience. It's my pleasure. I'm happy to be here. So I met Krista a couple years ago, and just to do a quick introduction about her, we have a very interesting dynamic, to say the least, but it's a very raw, authentic relationship. We will work together. We will cry together. We will have all different kinds of conversations together because we first got started as accountability partners and supporting each other in our businesses. And it just evolved into this incredible friendship that I'm very grateful to have. And just to preface, because I'm all about alignment and I like my audience to align with people, be ready. I know you guys know I'm forward and kind of blunt and I do it with a lot of love and a little bit of caution behind me, worrying about what people think about me. Krista Carless, and she will give it to you straight. And she's got she's got a story that's very powerful, very moving, and um, just does amazing things for her clients, and just has that real. I'm not even going to say authentic. I'm going to say real raw personality that can sometimes rub people the wrong way. Like you're either going to love her or you're not. And even if you don't, you're going to be like, I still need her in my life (laughs) because it's so good to have people that can be that voice when it's not something you want to hear. And I know that's been a big thing that you and I've done for each other. And I'm very grateful for that, for this relationship and this connection. So again, thank you for being here. I, I appreciate it. Pleasure. Um, so Krista, why don't you tell us a bit about you, who you are, what you do, and who you serve in your business is. Business is, yes, because there's always more than one. You never <laughs> have enough. Right. You never have more than one. 
Um, so I lived in Northern Ontario. And as when I work with my American friends, we talk that I lived in the North Pole. Um, pretty darn close to it. It's cold. Um, so I started the Minty Green Company four years ago um, with that wanting to help people, business owners, entrepreneurs show up on social media and share that message that's in their hearts, that authentic voice. But lots of times we don't know how. And lots of times we struggle with, oh, I know I need to be there, but how do I start? What do I do? And so I created this business so that I can help you because it doesn't scare me. And I, and I have a background in marketing, right? Like that's what I post-secondary school. I went to school for marketing. They didn't have social media back then. <laughs> so like print ads, billboards, like radio ads, all of that stuff. But um, social media is so key to our everyday life. It's not going away. It's not going anywhere. And how do we utilize that to provide value, create impact, build relationships. Um, marketing of today is not the same as it was. So if you're still stuck in trying to do the print ads and even the flyers and business cards and stuff like that, like they have their place, but you don't need them. I don't have business cards. I'm like, why? Why? People, you have a business card. I was like, here's my Instagram handle, <laughs> like, or my LinkedIn profile, like, because it, that's where it is. And so I want to take that stress out of it for poor people and, and make it simple because it doesn't need to be complicated. And one of the things I like about that in your business, because I've worked with you a bit in, in that space, and I've gone through some of your trainings and academies, which are amazing. Even after, even after I had Krista doing my content and I needed to refigure out my message because my business pivoted, I jumped into her academy because I wanted to figure out how to do it myself. One, because if you don't know what you sound like, how can someone else know what you sound like? Mm -hmm. And Chris is like, you keep pivoting. I don't know what you do anymore. Like, <laughs> what to say? Just, you know, you give me this and I create your content and it's amazing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this post is incredible. And you're like, it's your words. Oh, I just, you know, it's not my words. And you're very gifted in being able to take literally anything and turn it into business content for any industry. For example, one day we were talking and I'm, I, I have a background in cosmetology and accounting and medical industry and all these different things. But I am very passionate about my skin, hair, and nails. It just is a thing. So if my hair is not perfect, if my haircut is wonky or I screw up my hair at 1030 at night, which I have done, there are tears. There are crying fits like <laughs> because that's something that's important to me. And one day we were talking and Krista turned a conversation about my hair into a business post for my business. And I was like, it's all about oh. self-care. If you don't look after yourself, you can't look after your clients. I know. <laughs> you know how great that is because we don't look at things the same way in our business as somebody else can. And the way you can just naturally now take all of that information and having a conversation with someone 
learning their personality, learning how they function, how they talk and take that and have that come to life in their social media content is, is such a gift Mm -hmm. and it's so amazing. Um, do you want to share about, I I would like you to share about your other business as well, because that's also going to help us kind of lead into some of your story as well. Yeah. So my other business is I'm part of a network marketing company called Epicure. It is a Canadian based company. It is in the United States. It's been in the United States since 2019. And really the preference around it is putting, helping people put dinner on the table in less than 20 minutes. And so they are spice blends and they're, so they're already pre-blended. You kind of just have your raw ingredients and you can like pop everything together fairly quickly. Some meals like pulled pork, it's a slow cooker meal. That's going to take eight hours. However, like really, really easy just to mix things together and absolutely love it. It's, um, I know we're going to talk about it, but I find it very amusing that God brought that as my first business because I don't love food and um, I've struggled with an eating disorder since I was 12 and, and I help people cook dinner. Now it's helped me reduce a lot of like a lot of stress because now I don't have to have that stress about dinner. Um, and then even when I was diagnosed with celiac disease in 2020, that transition um, to being gluten-free was seamless because all of Epicus products are gluten-free. So I was already eating a whole food diet because of that. And it's cost-effective. So um, even with all the things that go on in the world right now, I still can have a $400 food budget for a family of four for the month, which is crazy. So that I help people with that as well. I mean, that's incredible. So first, if you'll hold up your book, Krista was a co-author in Uncover Your Light, part one, volume one. Um, one. And this is a book where people shared their stories of uncovering their light in dark situations. And if you resonate with her at all, this is a great book to get to not only read her story, um, to read other stories. Sometimes we have a hard time seeing the light in our own darkness and reading other people's stories is really helpful to help us see how there can be light in the dark that we're walking through. Mm -hmm. So I would like you, I'm going to give you the floor and I want you to share your story. However, you want to do that. And I take notes because I sometimes come. So I remember what I want to come back and ask later. Um, So we have plenty of time. You don't have to rush. But if you would like to take it and share your story of overcoming to help encourage and inspire our listeners. Yeah, I would love to. So um, I want to recognize that we all have a story. We've all been through something in life that has impacted us. Sometimes it was caused by something we did, and sometimes it has nothing to do with us, and it's the way we react. I'm not going to go into super detail with this. If you want to read my story in full detail, I'm going to give you kind of the overview of it. Um, You can pick it up on Amazon. If you like a signed copy, you can visit my website. or drop the link, whatever Dina has going on. Um, I know, I know all the lingo. Um, but when I first got asked by the lead author in this to share my story, 
Um, I said yes without even knowing any of the details because I knew how powerful it is to share our stories and um, with other people. Um, having an eating disorder and being very open with it is not very common. We hear a lot of stories about how somebody um, was overweight and lost a lot of weight and we hear about their struggles. But there is the struggle of silence that people who have eating disorders like anorexia or bulimia or the combination of them or all the other ones that go with that, that we don't talk about. And I want to break through on that. And so when I was 12, something completely outside of my control happened in my life. I don't share that story. It's not my story to tell. It has nothing to do with me. You will not know. So get over it. Um, I even had the editors being like, hey, can you share this story? I was like, no, I, I can't share that story. Um, but it impacted me so much so at 12 years old, I did the only thing I could control in my life. And that was my food consumption. And so I, in a form of control, stopped eating breakfast and lunch. I knew because I'm aware and just knowing who I am, I couldn't stop eating lunch or dinner because I ate that we that as a family. But at 12 years old, going from eating three meals a day and snacks down to one, it's not cool. <laughs> not the way it's supposed to be. Which means I struggled with all the other things that come with an eating disorder. Depression, anxiety, suicidal tendencies, um, I was in a really bad place in my life. And that lasted until I was probably about 22. And so 10 years of that, of, you know, wishing I could die without hurting other people and, and just all of the things and like, and a lot of it hidden because even my parents weren't even aware of the things that were going on. And it wasn't until one day that they invited me to go to a different church service, which was different than the, the type of church I grew up in, and that I met God. I was like, yeah, yeah, if I happen to have it off of work, I'll come. Okay, well, now I know God. Of course I had it off of work. <laughs> so I went, and it changed my life. But it, did it change my struggle with food? No, because that's not how it works. And so I went through this because um, I was, by that time, I was um, smoking. I was closet alcoholic. Um, I was probably moving towards drugs. And if I didn't meet God in that time and moment and said yes to Jesus, I'd be dead right now. And so that's where my path was going. With that. It was not good. Down the dark path. And so, but it's through that that... I came to the light and I had the understanding of how important it is to share that story. And that even when you come to Jesus and you come to God and you accept them, there's still work to do. I don't even know how many times Dina has looked at me because she has permission and because I don't get offended very easily and she'll be like, hey, are you okay? Because you'll look like you're losing some weight. And I am thin to begin with, so when I start to look like I'm losing weight, I really look like I'm losing weight. And uh, it helps that my hair is down, so you can't see how thin my face is. Uh, when my 
when I'm a top knot, it's a little more noticeable. But that there is having people in your life who can ask you the hard questions is so important. But sharing that story of overcoming the eating disorder is by bringing people into your life and allowing them and being vulnerable with them and sharing with them and giving them permission to ask you the hard questions, to ask if you were okay, to ask if you're going through things. Like we as business owners, entrepreneurs, wives, husbands, moms, children, all of the things, it's hard. And we we feel alone in a lot of it, but we're not. And so um I went through and, and have received a lot of healing through my eating disorder and I am much better and have a much better relationship with food. I still don't love it. I much prefer to eat deep fried and high sugar foods. And this is where Epicure comes in because it got me on a plan for eating regular. Like I have an accountability partner that I send her my breakfast photo every day. Because as long as I don't skip breakfast, I'll eat lunch. But if I skip breakfast, I skip lunch. And then my husband's like, what happened to you? He, and he's learned, he's like, have you eaten today? Because, <laughs> like, you're not nice. Um, and it's amazing how important it is to fuel our body to look after ourselves and how important it is for us to look after our bodies to be able to do the things that we're passionate about. As a form of self-care. We don't look at it that way. We don't look at the importance of eating properly and eating food. And so through this journey of discovery and awareness of how my body reacts, and that includes when can I drink coffee? And if you start following me, you'll come to learn that this is my form of self-care. Like I talked about Dina's hair. You're watching the unedited version. Um you want to talk about self-care? Let's talk about what happens if Krista doesn't have her coffee. Now, I don't think anybody wants to know. I think it's been a long time since that's happened, right? So it, it's um, important to know, like, I can't drink coffee at 11 o'clock in the morning if I'm going to eat lunch because I use coffee as a suppressant. So I would drink coffee instead of eating. And I'm aware of that. I'm aware of when I start to binge eat sugar and those sugar cravings that I have to take it out of my diet and, and put in things that, like, I see, I always have snacks in my desk, like fruit and things that are good, that are, that are sugar-based, but they're better for me. So I've learned all of that. And through some of this journey, I've also learned how empowering it is to share that story with others, how healing it is for me, and how impactful. Every time I shared, so the first, when I first started sharing this, it was through Epic Here. I went public with it, and then they asked me in a, like a small setting to get up and share. One of the most difficult things I've ever done. The room was in tears. Because we all know somebody who's gone through this, but we don't talk about it. 
we all know somebody who's struggling with it now, or we've gone through it ourselves, and we don't talk about it. So I want to ask you this. In your life, the things you've gone through, how many other people are waiting to hear your story that can change their lives? Because we don't want to struggle alone. We want, don't want to know that we're alone in this journey and in this, these things that we've gone through. And I can guarantee you, you're not alone in where you've been. And you're not alone. And there's lots of people out there who need you, that they need to hear you. They're waiting for your story. That's why I do marketing. That's why I do social media. Because, yeah, it's great to be like, get this service and get that service. But what story? What brought you into this? I may focus on social media in my business, but it's about storytelling. It's about how can I impact people? How can I change them? How can I empower them? Because stories change people. So even with why we get into our business and why we do what we do, there's a story behind that. There's a lot of times something we have to overcome. We overcome things all the time in our businesses in life, yet we don't talk about it. We need to spend more time talking about it, more time sharing it. One of the things that um, really hit me that you were talking about was we all know someone who's going through it or has gone through it. And I think a lot of people are going to say, no, I don't know anybody who's got an eating disorder. I don't know anybody that's going through that. I didn't know I lived most of my entire life with an eating disorder until something happened drastic in our life, in our family. And then all of a sudden I had a doctor and other people asking, had I ever been diagnosed with one? And I was like, no. And I was able to recognize so many issues I had throughout my life that I had an eating disorder. Krista mm -hmm. talked about coffee. For me, it was cigarettes and Dr. Pepper. I would wake up and smoke a cigarette. I would have a Dr. Pepper and I would maybe have one or two tacos from Taco Bell for dinner. But I, I drank soda and smoked. And that was my way of not having to do that, not having yeah. to eat. And I didn't know I didn't know there was anything wrong. A lot of times we're not aware. And in society, there is a lot of disordered eating, not so much eating disorders, because there is a line, right? There is a break. And um, eating disorders, what I've learned look different for everyone. So Krista explained with hers that she had um, how she handled hers and what she went through and some of the other um, situations she dealt with, with depression and anxiety and other things. And it is different for every single person. The symptoms, the behaviors, the challenges, things that work for one person don't work for someone else. I can ask Krista that one question, but someone else, it may really trigger and not be a good question to ask. And so 
when it comes to things like this, it's important to, if you know someone, get into a support group for loved ones. So you know you can start asking questions. You can learn the types of questions to ask your loved one so you can learn to be a support for them. So you it can open up that conversation. It's a very, it's a very hard thing to be that loved one and know, not know what's wrong with you and not have anyone know how to help you. It's very difficult to be someone who is watching someone else go through it and not know how to support them and have an awakening that, oh my God, this is what's been wrong with me for so many years. And I don't know how to process this. And so making sure you have support that you get into a mental health um, circle, whether it's a therapist, a support group, whatever that needs to be, because those are difficult conversations. And it is, it is very different. And the only person that can tell you how to support them is the person going through it. And unfortunately, it changes. It can change drastically depending on where they are on their recovery. Mm-hmm. And it can be very scary. And so, Krista, one, I appreciate your courage because it is a very hard thing to talk about. And a lot of times when it comes to our mental wellness, people will not talk about it even though the stigma is starting to diminish a bit in some places, it is still something that people believe we shouldn't talk about. Yet, if we don't talk about it, it's not helpful. And I kind of wish we would have had this conversation sooner because at the time of this recording, it's February. And I'm saying this for a reason, because this weekend... This weekend is not one more weekend, and it's all about eating disorder awareness and not losing one more person to this disease, to this Mm -hmm. illness. And sometimes people will say they've lost someone to suicide, and guess what? You don't know that that person had an eating disorder. Right? And so... Having these conversations, you sharing your story is so, so powerful. And look at, look at how you tie it into doing something amazing for yourself so that you can also do something amazing for others. I think we get so stuck in our darkness. We're waiting for someone else to pull us out instead of recognizing we have to be the one that pulls ourselves out. We have to want to. Mm. And like, I can talk about my story now and not shed a tear, but I've been talking about my story since 2017. So I've been doing this for a while and I threw Epicure because we would share the products with cooking classes because what's the best way to try a food item to see if you like it, eat it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would share my story with in the cooking classes that I was running about my eating disorder and always had somebody tell me that they know somebody. And it got, it was a good while before I, I could confidently share the story without 
having tears and there's nothing wrong with tears. What that shows to me is I healed from it. That I am open enough to be able to talk about it. And really it depends on who I'm with. And because I've had so many conversations with you, Dina, I don't get tearful about it. But when I'm having conversations with people, I still, it's, it's there's still mm-hmm. emotion. And because that has to do with the person in front of me. And I want to bring up something that I had a conversation with a friend a long time ago. Um, he was a good friend of mine. And eating disorders go in both directions. And we don't recognize that. So he sat, he came and visited me. It had been a long time since I had seen him. And he had recently had gastric bypass surgery, which means he was a very large man. And I love him to bits, always have. And I, he said, oh, see, I'm going to get tearful now. Uh, <laughs> he sat down and he, there was shame around it. And I said, don't, because you're no different than me. Except nobody knows about mine and everybody can see yours. So whether somebody's really thin or really large, you do not know their struggle with food. And you don't know why. And he would binge eat out of shame and judgment and I stop eating for different reasons stress control right those are both eating disorders I have come to realize that I will binge eat I still do a bit of binge eating but I'm aware of it now right so if I'm like oh I went too long and I'm hungry I binge eat while I'm cooking dinner and then I don't want to eat dinner um but I'm very cautious of what I'm eating and I'm becoming aware of it and my mm-hmm. husband's been aware of it. So there's that awareness to overcome it. But if you think, no, I don't know anybody who's had mean disorder. Think about the people who struggle with their weight. And they have the ups and downs. Okay. It might be disordered eating. But mm-hmm. it is approached the same way. We can approach it in a loving, caring way and saying, is everything okay? How are you doing? Because we, as society, use food to deal with our emotions. When I'm crazy emotional and have lots going on, I stop. And so then I reach out to my people and say, hey, I'm going through a huge transition right now, like moving six hours north to a place I've never been. (laughs) Did that last year. Um, And I was like, I don't want to eat because I've got all of these things going on in my head. So I'm you have like just letting you know that I'm struggling right now. And it wasn't that there was anything bad. It was just high emotions. Other people would eat all the chips in the world through that or all the cookies in those like high emotional moments. And so, I, th- I think well, something else to share in that before you go on to the next part is what we learned in school about eating disorders for the most part is wrong. I didn't learn anything. We, we learned that it was a choice. It was mm-hmm. a conscious choice to be this way. And on the flip side of that, and, and I, I'm, I'm going to put some links at the end of this or at the bottom of the podcast and YouTube, because it's so important to get support and to educate ourselves. And this is a very heavy topic. It can, there's a lot of things that can be triggered for people Um, and so I'll make sure there's resources available. That's so important to me to make sure there are resources available for people. Um, but there's, 
some people are, I know people will be like, no, but there are people who are born with certain things, certain types of eating disorders that are not the general, um, oh, known things that you've already mentioned. And so there are involuntary things that our bodies do that actually reject food. And so it's important to educate yourself after hearing this, this conversation, it's important to, um, not take anything that's being said in this conversation as any type of professional advice or suggestions. Um, we are both talking from personal experience and we want to encourage you to, if for some reason you think this might be you, that you're going through something, you might know someone who's going through something, or you have no clue. It's good to go in and learn and ask questions. And, um, there, I don't know about, I know there's one in Canada. I can't remember the name of it. So I'll get that from Krista. Um, but there is one here in the U S and so we'll have those links below that have to do with, um, eating disorder recovery and awareness. Um, there are nonprofit organizations, um, in both countries that, um, support people through all of this. So know that the conversation we're having is, and I mean, I just want to say this again and be very clear that this is just our personal experience and awareness with this, with this situation and with going through things like this. Um, it is by no means any mental or professional medical advice in any fashion. Um, so one of the things I want to ask you, um, you talked about your, and here's another thing is eating disorders can be for a time or forever. Some people recover fully and never deal with it again. I know Krista, you say you've dealt with it starting at the age of 12 till you were 22, yet you're still dealing, you're still walking that journey. It's still there. It's still something you live with that you work on that you slip from and you, you struggle with sometimes. And so be aware that yes, some people fully recover and most people don't. It is a lifetime of staying recovery focused. Um, and so when you're going through this journey and you have this struggle going on and you bring in the, dis the um, depression and the anxiety and you're a mom and a wife and you're having to provide meals for your family and, and you are running a business and encouraging others. And now you're doing these cooking. I almost said cooking shows. Well, they're all online. So you're online, right? Yeah. Um, I don't do them in person anymore. And so you're going through all of this at some point, I know you mentioned that, you know, you found a new, you went to a new church and you found God and that doesn't mean it changed anything. And so when you talk about finding your light, would you share a little bit about what that means to you? A lot of times we, we want to like, what were the, what are the things that happened that made you see that light? So a lot of people say, oh yeah, there's this. And they, she went through this and now she sees the light and she's going this direction, but we're like trying to find a, a connecting point, right. Of how do I find that light? What, what were the actions that you had to do within yourself 
maybe the conversations you had to have, the the actions you had to take that helped you pull yourself out of out of that space. I think one of the key things that I learned right early on when I accepted Jesus was the power of forgiveness. And that forgiving somebody for something a wrong that was done doesn't mean that you're saying that it was okay. That is allowing you to release all of that energy that you hold on to. All of that, like that negativity we hold on to, the bitterness, the anger, the frustration, and it allows you to release it and allows God to work on you and the other person. So I, I did a lot of forgiveness. And what I like about it is that I don't have to do it to the person. So unless I know like I like did something wrong and a lot of the times we get into our heads. So we feel like we've, we've wronged, like I've wronged you. And in reality, you're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I just dropped my fidget toy. Um, that's okay. I got another one. Uh, um, but we don't always understand the importance of forgiveness. We don't understand how that can change things. And so I did a lot of forgiveness in the beginning, right? All of the things, like in any time God brought somebody to mind, I wrote it out on paper. Like I choose to forgive this person for this reason. And then I choose to forgive myself for my reaction. Because we all react. And that's, I think, a key on how we think. It's like, yeah, yeah, I forgive them. I was like, but did you really? I had to forgive one of my ex-boyfriends over and over and over and over again because it was a it was a form of an abusive relationship. And I knew that the forgiveness would be complete when it no longer bothered me. Like an onion, right? And um, it got to the point where he randomly found me on Facebook, sent me a message, and I laughed. And I knew it no longer bothered me. That was probably 15 years since I broke up with him, right? Like, it's a process. And sometimes we think, so the ones that either hurt us the most or the closest to us, we don't understand that the forgiveness takes more time because it's layers, it's like an onion. Um, there was also that, and then I also started to learn the importance of investing in myself. I ended up getting into a personal development coaching program that was about six weeks. And there was a lot of self-awareness. And um, when I went through that, I realized things about myself that I had been suppressing because society tells us that we shouldn't be that way. And you should be more like this and not like that. Well, I went in the, in the beginning of it, the first two days were like two intensive days or there were three days, I can't remember, where you were there for like 12, 14 hours, like in a room with 13 other people, like it was an, an intensive. And then you come back like a week and a half later and I sat down there and I remember the coach being like, you look at Krista, she's indifferent. Anybody else see that? Because he's like, I can see it. And it was then, and that was around the same time that I, I went public with the eating disorder and, and uh, like public, I mean, like I wrote a blog, don't go looking for it, <laughs> please. I've got a website. I've been paying for it since 2018. It's got like three blog posts on it. And I, there, there's things I want to do, but I just 
never did anything with it. We can give you the link. You can go read it. Uh, it's there. It never got taken down. I still pay for it. But it was that there where I started giving her permission to be me. And so what did I do? I went home and got rid of all my bank clothes because I used to work at a bank and I had all of these black dress pants. I hate black dress pants. Give me a pair of jeans and a hoodie. Um, I like to dress up, but I like it. I started to come to realize who I was and who God called me to be. So it was getting the, the forgiveness piece was getting rid of the baggage and going into finding someone who will help you with self awareness, whether it's a coach or a mentor or a podcast. Sometimes we can pay for it, sometimes we don't. You go through that process and finding people who will help. You come into who you are called to be, who God's called you to be. It was then that I started to thrive. It was it easy? No, I had a really dark place in all of that, and that's and in that dark place is where the Mister Green Company was birthed. It was because it was like I need to do what I'm passionate about, and I need to break off of these things that I've been holding on for years, and. So I became me for the first time ever. I don't talk about that in the book. That's so powerful. A lot of times we don't realize how much of who we have become is because of what I call the contamination of the world that has been put on us since we were born. Mm. Right. And so as you're peeling back those layers and you're working on that self-discovery and you're increasing your awareness, people also don't realize that if you, because my audience is entrepreneurs, if you are not growing yourself, your business will never grow to where it could grow or where, your God, vision, wants it to go. or, or where God wants it to go. Our vision is a piece. It's not the the end vision, right? What God shows us about what he wants for us is never the whole picture. We wouldn't be able to comprehend it. And so we have to let go of trying to make it look exactly as our vision, because that's just a, that's just a piece of it. Mm. And we have to understand that growth is uncomfortable. So is healing recovery when you injure something, I, I, many, many years ago, I almost cut my fingers off. Um, so I had emergency surgery. I completely cut my finger down to the bone, severed the nerve, severed the tendon, and I'm left-handed and I had to be put in this splint. I literally was like this for, I don't know, six weeks in a plastic splint. I couldn't move my hand. And our youngest son at the time was six months and I had to learn to do everything right-handed. But the pain that I went through once they took that splint off and I started recovery, not healing, but recovering to get motion back, to be able to use my hand, to bend my finger, to do all that was excruciating. And I had these moments where I was like, I don't want to do it today. And I know I have to, I have to push through the pain because I know it's going to get me better. It's the same thing when we're working on healing and recovering from past traumas, recovering through situations, recovering from challenging situations. As we recover and heal in ourself, 
It impacts how we will face moving forward and growing our business. It impacts how we show up in our faith. And so when I talk about walking with you in life, faith, and business, there's a reason because they're all connected and we've been taught to compartmentalize all the areas of our life because they have no business intersecting when that's one of the biggest lies we believe in society. And we have to start as my perspective as online entrepreneurs, solo entrepreneurs, as business owners, we have to start bringing back into play where our life, it's a whole thing. Us as an individual, as a spouse, as a parent, as a business owner, as with all of our crap that comes along with it, it all impacts each other. And so the sooner we realize that and stop compartmentalizing and start healing and recovering and pulling it all back into focus and finding a way to allow it to harmonically flow together in our lives, the sooner we're able to, I feel like, be on the track for full recovery in some areas if the opportunity is there and it impacts our ability to strengthen our businesses and actually have the potential for growth and scaling at some point that wouldn't have normally been there to begin with. And you you so clearly expressed how the Minted Green Company was birthed out of this darkness and the Minted or Epicure and being able to teach others and share your story through that was part of your healing. And so as you heal and recover and grow, so have your businesses. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just, and so is your faith. And it, it just allows us to see how, when we're willing to put in the work and work through the hardest parts, there's so much greatness that can come on the other side that even though it's it can be really scary to walk through that, they, you're not alone. There's so many other people that are walking that journey every day. And so I just, it, it's such a powerful journey that you've walked. And I'm so grateful that you're here and that you were able to share your story and you're able to impact and empower so many people in what you do. My pleasure. I love it. It drives me. I love, I think that's a great place to end on that note. But what you just said is it drives you. We need to find something that keeps us moving forward, no matter how we're feeling or what we're going through, because we all matter. We all are important. Mm-hmm. So thank you again for sharing your story, for being with us and being willing to, to have this talk today. Thank you.